BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome back to This One's a Doozy. I'm Kevin. And I'm Haley. We talk about stories of mystery, true crime, and folklore of the unusual, unsettling, and oftentimes unsavory goings on of our world today, yesterday, and long ago. We do. How are you? You, you sound... Can you hear it? It sounds painful. It doesn't hurt. I'm not in pain. But uh, yes, my my voice is not 100%, which is rare for us. Usually you're the one who's struggling. <laughs> I know. And, Don't worry. Uh, yeah. I'll be short behind, shortly behind you, I'm sure. That's usually how it happens around here. But then it lingers for me for a full month. True. <laughs> oh. Every time. Too true. Too true. Every time. Well, and you've got events you're singing at. I'm mm-hmm. like, how is this man going to do it? That is why <laughs> I am drinking. I'm just going to cut right to the chase. Yeah. I'm drinking Throat Coat, the that herbal is... tea of the, the singer Yeah. <laughs> with some honey. I feel like there's like a magic, it's just a magic combination. It is. It does, it does and- wonders. Also, it probably wasn't helpful. I went for a walk and didn't talk for an hour and just sipped on tea. Mm-hmm. And so my voice is like, oh, shoot. Yeah, you have to do this talking thing sometimes. So it'll probably get a little bit better for a while and then it'll probably get worse after right, that. Right, right. We'll find out together. Yay. What are you drinking tonight? So I am also inspired by the tea feeling that you had. Mm-hmm. I don't feel sick, but I saw the Tiavana apple cinnamon tea. Mm. That stuff just rocks. Yeah. I had to. And I also got a water. Tasty. Yes. Tasty. Yum, yum. Oh, that and a water. Yum, yum. <laughs> All right. Well, my dear, you got a feel-good fact for us this week? I do. It's kind of all over the place, but you'll love this. 
So there's a subreddit page called r slash shadow the rat, where the user u slash shadow the rat features weekly itty bitty paintings created by none other than their pet rats <laughs> using brightly colored paints, their tiny little paws and a whole lot of artistic expression. Oh, that's so They're sweet. like teensy tiny little paintings. Yeah. And they'll share photos of the rats with their creation on like a tiny easel. Wow. It's super cute. That is cute. You can also visit their Etsy shop to purchase their artwork. And from what I saw, it appears as though every little tiny canvas that Mm -hmm. you order also comes with a picture of the artist with their finished (laughs) work and like a little like bio or like background about the Oh my gosh. Who did it? Amazing. Super cute. They all have like <laughs> breakfast food names. There's like butter and omelet and oh toast gosh. and super So it's not cute. A, a rat named Shadow. I don't know. I don't know the whole origin if maybe it started with a that rat named be. Shadow. That's that highly be. possible. Yeah. But the recent ones that I saw, just so cute. Yeah. And it's That's like amazing. every week there's pictures of the rats just enjoying their hobbies. Doing a great job. <laughs> just enjoying their hobbies. Just, yeah. Well, friends, it's like the, the TikToks I've seen of people... Like making tiny food for their pet rat, <laughs> pet gerbil, whatever. Or like and tiny sets to photograph their toad. Yeah. <laughs> it's like my favorite thing. Oh my goodness. I don't know why I love it so much. I just do. Same. Like a little tiny table and little <laughs> tiny chairs and like a little tiny plate. <laughs> All right. Well, my love, what do you have for us this week? Well, before we get into the story, oh, okay. I actually have a little housekeeping announcement. So as I'm sure everybody is well aware at this point, spooky season is just days away. Mm-hmm. I know we haven't really hyped it up or talked about it much yet this year, but fear not. We've got loads of bonus content in store for all of you. On top of our regular weekly uploads on all of our free platforms, as well as our two monthly bonus episodes that are exclusive to Patreon, we will be offering bonus episodes for everyone, as well as a new kind of experimental series over on Patreon. We've had a handful of people message us to let us know that they have a lot of fun listening to our couple of fictional episodes that we've put out. And so for the month of October, we plan to share fictional scary stories every Friday for the whole month. Wow. Yeah. Who's doing that? Who could be near? Well, I'm finding. (laughs) I'm getting all of like the copyright stuff figured out. And then you're narrating and editing. So it's a team. It's a team effort. Which is why I need this throat coat so bad. (laughs) I know. We have a (laughs) lot of stuff to record like now. (laughs) So if that ends up being something that our subscribers enjoy, we plan to make that a monthly installment over on Patreon. So if that's something you're interested in, please join us over on Patreon. But if that's not your thing, we're happy to share what we've been working on for our bonus spooky season content. That was beautiful. And so with that, let's jump into the story. Okay. In the small town of Gurdon, Arkansas, along an unassuming stretch of railroad, a decades-old mystery lives. Hundreds of visitors, locals, and paranormal tourists alike have reported seeing a mysterious light floating along the tracks and along the tree line. Known as the Gurdon Light, This phenomenon has been seen by skeptics and true believers, and it has continued to confound science for almost a hundred (laughs) years. So what is the Gurdon light? Is it simply the result of some unknown scientific phenomenon? Or is it, like many locals believe, a ghostly lantern being carried by the spirit of a victim of a very real murder on those same tracks? Hang on, Kev. This one's a doozy. Yes, it is. I'm like really excited. Should we tell him? Yes. So 
I, I'm not going to tell any stories or anything in particular, but Yet. I actually, yes, but I actually <laughs> went to college um, in a little tiny town called Arkadelphia, Arkansas, which mm-hmm. sounds like a made up place. Uh, more details later on all that. But uh, Arkadelphia is only about 15 minutes from the Gurdon tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I... Oddly enough, I actually don't remember much of the actual story. I don't know any of the lore. It's all been lost in my mind after dropping out of college three times. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, <laughs> it's it's crazy to me that you brought it up and I was like, the Gurdon Light? And you're like... Well, I didn't even say what it was. I just said, like, I'm trying to pick between a few stories and I kind of gave a few hints about it. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, are you talking about the Gurdon Light? I'm like, what? You never know what I'm talking about with these stories. Yeah. So this one I know a little bit, but I'm going to learn a lot because I don't, like I said, I don't remember much of the lore. I don't remember, uh, you know, any of that stuff. But boy, do I have a story later at the end of this. So hang with us. I'm sure it's not as good as other people's stories, but there are so many good stories about it. And I'm excited to learn all about the Gurdon Light. Well, With that in mind, let's start by talking about the town of Gurdon, Arkansas. Gurdon is in Clark County, and it's a small town about 85 miles to the south of Little Rock near Interstate 30. As of 2021, it has a population of a little more than 1,800 people, so it's a very small town. Yeah. Despite its size, it does have a surprisingly rich history. I'm not going to talk too much about it, just a few little blips. It was founded in the 19th century and was one of many similar lumber towns located along a railway and was considered to be one of the more important stops along the railroad. Mm-hmm. Gurdon saw a population boom around the construction of the Cairo and Fulton Railroad and again with the construction of the Missouri Pacific Depot. It eventually became home to a very interesting organization known as the International Concatenated Order of the Hoo Hoo. <laughs> wow. In 1892, which is just a really insane name for a lumberjack fraternity. That's amazing. Yeah. Additional (laughs) fun fact is that the Order of the Hoo Hoo became the first industrial fraternity organization in the United States. And the names for the various offices within the organization are just as silly, such as the Grand Snark of the Universe. Yes. It was basically just founded by a group of lumber workers who became stranded during a rainstorm. So they decided to like make use of their time. (laughs) Interestingly enough, even though it started off as kind of a joke, the organization still stands and has multiple branches across the entire globe. No way. All starting in Gurdon, Arkansas. Yep. And there's like a little museum there (laughs) and like a plaque that like commemorates the founding of the International Concatacitated. That's amazing. Order of the Hoo Hoo. <laughs> oh my gosh. So there's about a four mile stretch of road where the Gurdon Light tends to be located. While it's most often reported at night, the Gurdon Light has been seen during the day plenty of times, and it's frequently seen swaying back and forth or bobbing up and down mm-hmm. as if it's attached to a cord as it floats along the train tracks. The light is described as small and orb like or circular. It floats just above the railroad tracks and sometimes along the nearby tree line. And though it's a free-floating object, like it's been verified that there's no strings or cords attached to it, Mm -hmm. it behaves with a level of sentience almost. Witnesses to the strange phenomenon have reported countless times over that they'll see the light for roughly 10 seconds before it vanishes right before their eyes, only to reappear behind them when they turn around. Hmm. 
like right behind them. Yeah, yeah. It's sometimes seen blinking or flashing and can even change colors. And it's been reported as being white, green, blue, and sometimes orangish red or reddish mm, orange, mm-hmm. depending on who you ask. Mm-hmm. The Gurdon light is unique in many ways, but the most notable way, in my opinion, is that this is not just an urban legend that the local kids claim to have seen. People from the area, along with visitors to the town, have seen this thing. And it's almost a guarantee that if you go to see the Gurdon light and you wait around a little bit in that area of the tracks, Mm -hmm. you will most definitely see it. Yeah. It has been observed by locals of all ages, by out-of-towners, by skeptics, scientists, video camera crews, ghost hunters, and the list goes on and on. The light is an observable phenomenon, and though there is still no official explanation for it, there are many, many theories. And so let's get into, I think, one of the more favorite theories Mm -hmm. and like the explanation that people tend to go to. Sure. Okay. So this is the story of the murder of Will McLean. In the early 1900s, the Missouri Pacific Railroad, which uh, connected several states, was booming. On December 10th, 1931, a Missouri Pacific section foreman by the name of Will McLean was working alongside of one of his crew members, a 38-year-old man by the name of Louis or Louis McBride. Hmm. I'm just going to say McBride. Sure, sure. (laughs) I've heard it both ways. So though it hasn't been confirmed why McBride attacked McLean, the widely accepted idea is that while the two were working, Will McLean, who was essentially McBride's boss, accused him of causing a 14-car freight train to derail and wreck on the tracks nearby. So the allegations go on to say that McLean not only blamed McBride for this incident, but that he fired him as a result. And he did so because he believed that McBride had intentionally sabotaged a whole section of the tracks with the intention of derailing a passenger train that frequented the area, not just a freight train. His motive for doing such a thing is unclear, but nevertheless, that's the allegation. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's super messed up. Uh, and like you said, it's an allegation. But if it's true, it just like like emphasizes kind of like a twisted nature in a way. Yeah, for sure. Well, and if it's not true, then this guy just got fired for no reason. Right. You know? Right. Very, very unfortunate. When McLean confronted McBride with this allegation and fired him on the spot, McBride proceeded to beg for his job, explaining that he had a family to support and insisting that he had nothing to do with the freight train accident. When McLean wouldn't hear of it, McBride became so enraged at his former boss that he attacked him. Later that night, when McLean didn't return home, his wife called the local police to report her husband missing. The police quickly got to work and began searching along the railroad. Meanwhile, McBride made his way into Gurdon and was behaving very suspiciously, so he was quickly arrested in connection with McLean's disappearance by the town sheriff, a fellow by the name of Sheriff Duke, which sounds like a a (laughs) made-up sheriff name. (laughs) After a short time of being questioned, McBride admitted to the murder and told officers where they could find McLean's body and the spike mall that he had used to commit the murder. Hmm. McBride also confessed that in his anger, he struck McLean over the head with the spike mall, but this first blow didn't kill him. McLean ran away and was able to flee for a good while, but McBride chased after him, beating him over the head with the spike mall repeatedly until he believed that McLean was dead from his injuries. And just because we don't hear the term spike mall every day, it's actually just like a little hand tool 
that's used to drive spikes into railroad tracks. Oh, yeah. Okay. Kind of like a special hammer. Yes. It's got yeah. like a narrow, long head on it. Yeah. The scene of the crime was a bloody, horrific mess. Investigating officers on scene described it as a long, bloody trail beginning at one location and then stretching for nearly a quarter of a mile. Oh, wow. So where it started is where he was probably initially hit. Mm-hmm. And, and then it continued wow. yeah, a quarter of a mile. There were multiple signs of a struggle from that origin point all the way to where the trail stopped, as well as additional signs of a struggle where McLean was believed to be dead by his attacker, indicating that he had put up a tremendous fight for his life in his final minutes. Mm-hmm. And this is probably the worst part. At the location where McBride had left him, fully believing he was dead, there was no body. Instead, there was a bloody drag mark leading from that point and into the woods, meaning that McLean was still alive after being struck in the skull at least four times with the spike mall and that he had tried to escape into the woods for help. Wow. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. And he, oh. he they did find him in the wooded area. Yeah. For the entirety of the attack and up until his death, McLean did not let go of his lantern, which is mm. important. Interesting. He had his lantern the whole time just clasped in his hand. Mm -hmm. While awaiting McBride's trial, a coroner's inquest was conducted in Gurdon by Coroner Alva Harris, attended by Sheriff Duke, the prosecuting attorney, and J.H. Lookadoo of Arkadelphia. Yeah, look at that. At McBride's trial, the jury quickly concluded that based on the available evidence and McBride's confession that McLean had been murdered and that McBride was guilty of the crime. McBride was put to death via the electric chair in July of 1932, and Will McLean was laid to rest at Bryant Cemetery a few towns over. Many people cite the location of the murder along the train tracks and the fact that officers confirmed that McLean never let his lantern slip from his grasp as a potential explanation for the Gurdon light. Wow. Could the Gurdon light be a ghostly lantern held by the spirit of Will McLean, forever cursed to wander the tracks? In search of what? Nobody knows. But that's a favorite theory among many people. That is wild. It's giving outwaters. I just have to say it's <laughs> it seriously didn't. giving the outwaters. As I was typing all that up, I yeah. could not stop visualizing very specific moments. Mm-hmm. Like, what if this poor guy is just trapped in an insane, like, devil time loop mm-hmm. over and over again? That would be oh a nightmare. Gosh. Yeah. Reliving that final moment forever. That right. would be horrible. Do you think oh. of anything scarier than something like that? Uh, no, Yikes. that's that's a literal uh, no. <laughs> nightmare come alive. I know. And I think, I mean, also, if I can just point out, Lookadoo is an incredible last name. I know. And <laughs> I'm just like, if if I hadn't been in the area uh, at some point in my life, mm-hmm. I would think you were making this whole thing up with all the names <laughs> that, that, that there are. Uh, oh, Lookadoo. Uh-huh. But uh, overall, this <laughs> whole story Duke. is, yeah, this whole story is absolutely insane. And I've never heard that before. Really? I'm curious. I'm curious how many of my fellow students and other people um, that maybe were transplanted in and not so much mm-hmm. like grew up around there. I wonder how many of them actually know this story because I, I don't. And there were plenty of local kids that went to that college. Yeah. So maybe it's none so of them know it either. Yeah. 
Maybe they do, maybe they don't. Maybe. So another theory is connected to a local legend that's well-known amongst the Garden residents and residents from neighboring communities. And it also involves a lantern-holding specter. Hmm. This story features an unnamed railroad worker who met a grisly end when he lost his footing and slipped in front of an oncoming train, getting decapitated in the process. Mm. He had been working at night, also carrying a lantern at the time of his death. And so some people believe that the Gurdon light is the ghostly lantern belonging to this guy. So two separate lantern theories. I was not able to find dates. I was not able to find names or like official newspaper related, like articles related to an incident like this. But this is like hugely popular and circulated in the local folklore. Yeah. So there's already a debate between those two lantern stories. Mm -hmm. Um, That one obviously has, like you just said, there's less documentation around it. Um, But that's, that doesn't sound unreasonable Mm -hmm. either. Like, you know, I don't know how often railroad accidents happened in the early 1900s. Right. (laughs) But I would imagine it happened Often enough, right? For that to be an unreasonable. Well, it's wild not, not how often train accidents happen. Like train pedestrian accidents happen now. That's true. Yeah. I fell down a hole on Reddit one time, and this uh, whole page was it was an accident. Didn't can't unsee, but probably twenty, at least twenty percent mm, of the accidents were train related, and like pedestrians and trains. Yeah, which is not going to end well. Yeah. So to assume that a hundred years ago that those things happened mm-hmm. fairly regularly isn't out of the question at all. Mm-hmm. So two legitimate theories. Yeah. And let's hear what else there is. So fans of these two theories have often relied on eyewitness testimony as a backup because many sightings do sound very similar to the way that like a lantern moves mm. when it's being held by somebody walking. Mm-hmm. The first known sighting of the Gurdon light took place shortly after Louis McBride's execution. On a dark night, a train was making its way towards Gurdon when the conductor, a man known only as John, stepped outside onto the caboose uh, like platform, like yeah, the back yeah. platform of the train, when he saw it. Weird. A floating light in the distance. It was a decent ways away from the train, but it seemed to be moving at a steady speed, and it looked as though it was following the train. As <laughs> John so watched spooky. the Isn't that so weird? <laughs> as John watched the light attempting to figure out what it was, it suddenly like not completely closed the distance, but considerably closed the distance between itself and the train and appeared close behind it, still keeping pace with the train. So it's like speeding along. Mm. It followed behind the train for about a mile before it darted off in the direction of a cemetery. And since John's sighting, it has become a local legend, something that's almost a rite of passage for everyone in town to attempt to go and see the light for themselves. Yeah, that sounds about right. We will talk more about sightings towards the end. Yeah. The next theory is that the Gurdon light is the result of swamp gases accumulating, causing a spontaneous combustion to take place as a result of dense, wet vegetation decomposing. Oh. Yeah, and it then kind of just builds up to kind of like a boiling point and produces like a spark. Wow. Basically. Super strange. Doesn't really explain the movement of it, but... Right. But a strange point. I actually do recall hearing something similar to that. Mm -hmm. So that's an interesting theory that 
has, I guess it has some legs for that one to be Mm -hmm. recounted regularly. Right. (laughs) Well, the trouble with this theory is that the light is seen during all kinds of weather. It's seen when there's wind Mm -hmm. and it's always still in its perfectly circular form. Yeah. It can be seen during the day and at night, you know, and and the fact that its appearance has remained the same for decades, minus the fact that it can be different colors, really kind of lowers the likelihood Mm -hmm. of that theory being legitimate. So Dr. Charles Lemming, a physics professor at Henderson State University, has studied the light himself. First approaching his studies as a skeptic, he initially believed that the most logical explanation was that people were simply seeing headlights from vehicles passing on the nearby interstate. But the major problem with this theory is that there have been handfuls of credible, documented sightings of the Gurdon light since the 1930s, and the interstate wasn't built until the 70s. And also it's surrounded by miles of trees. Yes. So I'm like, well, impossible? No. And like, could some of the sightings be explained away by passing headlights or as passing headlights? Sure. But all of them? No, I don't think so. Yeah. Reasonably, I don't think so. So very quickly, Lemming found himself mystified by the strange light and has spent years of his life studying it and testing out his theories, often including his students when he does so. He has yet to find a definitive explanation for the light. That does not surprise me. In all honesty, Mm -hmm. it's... Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Such an interesting subject and so many people have tried to debunk it. Totally. That, you know, especially. So this is actually an interesting anecdote to this whole story. The, the school that I went to, it's called Washita Baptist University is across the street from Henderson State. So they're oh. they're rivals. <laughs> okay. And so they do this big, it's a, this big uh, rivalry game every year. Oh, fun. Because you know it's in the South, so football's a huge deal. And it, it, it's like part of the the challenge. Back in the day, they used to, <laughs> uh, uh, Henderson State used to come over and like paint their uh, Washita's super fancy tiger statue. And then Washita would you know, dye with color dye, their super fancy fountain at Henderson State, oh all the stuff. So there's like, it, there's a ton of lore just around like <laughs> the rivalry between the two schools. That's funny. Um, So all that to say, the fact that that professor can't figure it out doesn't make, doesn't surprise Kevin. me. <laughs> <laughs> you did not. Oh my gosh. You uh, went there for a semester, Kevin. <laughs> I know. I know. It's still funny. Um, But in all honesty, mm-hmm. um, the fact that there's so much interest yeah within a pretty wide range cuz gurdon is like you've said literally the middle of nowhere right uh, it's this tiny little town just smack dab in the middle of nowhere right for people to actively go and seek it out yeah from the two colleges that are basically up the street and all the communities around and Uh, University of Arkansas, Little Rock, that's an hour and a half away. Mm -hmm. Like people make a trek to see this because it really is 
absolutely bewildering. Yeah, it is. So still, a more compelling scientific theory is that the Gurdon light is the result of a phenomenon called the piezoelectric effect. Mm. Despite its cool name, the piezoelectric effect is a simple phenomenon that takes place when minerals, such as quartz or other crystals, are squeezed under a certain amount of pressure, and that actually generates electricity. Hmm. A similar effect, which I'm going to try to pronounce, is the triboluminescence, and this occurs when certain materials are broken or shattered, and then that's what generates the electricity. So they're pretty Hmm. close to each other, sure, just rubbing together versus actually breaking. Gurdon does have quartz deposits underground, and it wouldn't be a huge stretch to assume that it would be under pretty constant pressure. And it also sits above the New Madrid fault line. So the theory here is that when the plates underground shift in just such a way, the quartz under the ground is put under enough pressure that it generates an electrical charge that can be seen above ground as a mysterious looking ball of light. This theory is believed to be potentially the most reasonable explanation for the Gurdon light, but even one of the main supporters of this theory, a guy named Mike Klingen, admits that this theory is difficult to prove because it's unknown how the electrical charge could manifest above ground and how it would like maintain a circular Mm, shape. Yeah. In November of 1994, Unsolved Mysteries aired an episode featuring the Gurdon Light. No way. Interestingly, the crew was able to see it and capture it on film and in photos. Oh, my uh, But gosh. they were not able to come up with a solid conclusion or explanation for the light either. Well, I know what I'm going to go watch later. Yeah, you can watch <laughs> it on YouTube. I, I linked it in our show notes so people that's, could watch it. That's crazy. Yeah. Huh. It's super wild. So I thought that that was interesting because I think that the piezoelectric effect like that, that would make logical sense. Mm -hmm. And knowing that it's on a fault line where plates can shift and stuff makes Mm -hmm. sense as well. But the fact that they can't explain how it would be visible above ground. Right. How it would be visible for 10 seconds at a time, 20 seconds at a time, Mm -hmm. whatever. And yeah, that is they can't fold like that could explain it but it doesn't really you know yeah Yeah. and like even the main supporters of that theory are like well we still can't really prove that though right and it it would be anomalous compared to other piezoelectric effect right areas there would have to be more scientific um like like almost micro sciences Mm -hmm. to be like okay how would all that happen and we prejudice all the technology for that Mm-hmm. If that's the what causes it. Right. So. Well, there's been so many different types of scientists who have gone in and tried to debunk it or study it. And they've tested out so many theories. Yeah. And have not landed on one that's like conclusive. Yeah. So super fascinating. So I'm going to list off a few sightings before we wrap this thing up. But before I do, I would like you to share your experience from what you remember about the time that you got to see the Gurdon light with your own two eyes. Yes. This is so So, exciting. Yeah. So this is a pretty crazy story. And when we first started talking about this, I kind of shared with you part of the story. um, And then I had a good chunk of time to like, really like think about it and be like, okay, what, what exactly, how do, cause this was 13 years ago Mm -hmm. that this happened. So I had to really like get back and be like, okay, who was I with? Oh yeah, I was with these guys. Okay. So this is kind of a, it's a story. From memory. From memory. So I'm sure there's going to be some missing pieces here and there, but uh, the most important stuff I do recall. Yay. Clearly. Okay. So 
I'm so excited. Um, yeah. So like I said earlier, I went to college at Washita, which also sounds made up in Arkadelphia. <laughs> made up. Might as well be made up places because the names are so insane. Um, but uh, we we would drive down. And this is a thing that basically every freshman at Washita does it. Probably everybody at Henderson State too. Um, you drive down and you like check this thing out. So I was with a couple of sophomore friends who had done this before, obviously. Right. And then uh, a handful of freshman friends. So we drive down and there's a, there is like a tiny little parking lot that I remember mm-hmm. um, that you have to pull into. And it's not, there's not like there's a ton of parking. It's like, I want to say like 18 spots or something like that. It's, sure. You know, you're Small not. Small little area. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we got out. And we walked through um, a little bit of a wooded kind of walkway, not walkway, but it's, it, it was like almost a dirt like a path. Yeah. Kind of like a dirt path. Um, and we didn't walk through the woods. We walked kind of along the woods. Mm-hmm. And then when there was a break in the clearing, we crossed over and then we walked over to the, um, the, the railroad tracks. That part of, of the story, not super important. Um, but that's like the haziest bit of like, okay, how exactly did we get to the railroad tracks? But that's the closest that I can remember sure. happening. So the important part is that we get to the tracks and part of the student lore was that you just have to walk along the tracks. You don't okay. just stand there and watch. You have to, you have to be walking. If you're not walking, you won't see it. Sure. So I don't know if that's part of any other general lore, but that was the thing that Washita students would say. So we would start walking and at first, you know, I, I'll be honest, I was kind of skeptical and just mm-hmm. because I, not in like a, like a party pooper kind of way, but I was just kind of like there for the fun of it and just was like, it's probably not real, but we're all going to have fun together, whatever. Yeah. And we, we walk for, oh, it was only probably four or five minutes when out in the distance, there's this like shimmery kind of light and I'm kind of like, what is that? Like, it looks kind of like an iPhone. Like a flashlight? Like someone standing way down there with their flashlight. Um, But back then, this was 2010. Like, those were not very powerful back then. (laughs) Right. Um, So it's it's crazy to me to think about that. So I'm looking at that as we're walking. And I'm like, is are we all seeing the same thing? Like, what is that? And we you've got every kind of person there. There's people who are like, that's it. We see it, you know, hyping it up. And other people that are um, like, that's, that's not a light. That's just whatever. Like they're just kind of poo-pooing it away. Right. And I'm like, really like surprised that I'm seeing something that Mm -hmm. I, that I have, have heard of that. I'm like, well, this is strange then. And this is crazy. You were talking about this earlier, but we hadn't talked about this. I had recalled this part of the story before Ooh, you shared okay, this. Okay. I noticed it kind of turned an amber color and Weird. I was like, what is that all about? Um, and that's when people started getting a little bit like freaked out. Mm-hmm. There were a few people that were like nervous to be like, wait, what is that? Like, that is kind of weird. And then we started noticing it bobbing up and down. No way. And that's when it kind of got to be like, too much for some people. And they were like, Hey, I want to go, you know, a bunch of Christian kids being like, this is witchcraft. We need to leave. <laughs> you know, like there was a lot of fear built around that. It was really interesting to Classic. me because I'm standing there like, this is so strange. Like, 
I I was not expecting to see anything. And if I did, I was expecting it to be easy to explain away. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is weird. And so then it stops bobbing and it turns um, kind of into like a bluish white color and it gets a little bit bigger. And I'm like, oh, well, that's weird. And really at this point now, everybody's kind of like, hey, I want to go. And <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was me and one of the sophomores that were the holdouts to be like, this is crazy. I want to see this. Um, but You'd we be were the first people to die in a horror movie. Probably. We okay. were outvoted. And so after <laughs> seeing that, the the enlarging of the orb, mm-hmm. um, that's what everybody called it there too. It was, it was an orb. Okay. Um, after it enlarged, that was when it was like, okay, it's time to go back home. So I started walking back. Um, and I would look back over my shoulder and it would, it would still be there and it would kind of be expanding and contracting kind of, and it stayed whitish blue. And then at one point it turned just super white. Um, and then we left. And so that was kind of the experience that I had of, I think the, the most, um, clear memory is when it turned amber for me. Yeah. That was like a really strange, which you said it kind of turns reddish orange. So I guess it's the same kind of kind of coloring. Yeah. Well, I saw you smile when I said that and I was like, okay, yeah, it's just really cherry over the color orange over there. (laughs) Yeah. It was really strange. Yeah. That is very Um, bizarre. And so we left and no one ever talked about it again until you brought this up to me a few weeks or earlier this week. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I was like, super funny. Yeah. And so then I've just been ruminating on it. Like, oh my gosh. So I can't remember who all of the freshmen were with me. I remember one girl, and of the sophomores, I remember one guy, um, but I can remember that there was a pair of sophomores and then like four or five other freshman people. Mm-hmm. Um, so a group saw it. Was it. A, it was a whole group that saw it. And I'd be curious to know if any of them remember that or if mm-hmm. they just, you know, ignored it and moved on with their life. But clearly is, I never did. <laughs> yeah, you, It had been locked away. It was. It was locked away. For quite some time. Yeah. But now I'm curious to hear other stories of sightings. What do you have for us? Yeah. So before, before I wrap up with sightings, yeah, um, I did wonder, so what kind of like, do you remember any legends or anything about it? Because some of the versions of the legend are like, um, if you see it and, and it gets too close to you or it passes through you, then you'll never find your car again. Or oh. like- like little lore moments like that. That's interesting. Um, so I didn't remember any of those lore moments and I still don't think I was ever told anything about not finding your car, but I do remember a lore about the orb passing through you and then that would cause problems. I don't right, remember what you'd the like problems get lost were. in the woods or something yeah. like that. So one thing that I loved, and I can't remember if I actually write about this, but while I was looking through different people's sightings, because you can find literally dozens of them in written statements. You can find videos, you can find pictures, Reddit threads, you name it, any media format, somebody has talked about it. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting to to see people say things like, I always heard that it was like this. I always heard, mm-hmm. you know, we, we were scared as we were walking because we were afraid that if it got too close to us, we'd right. be like stranded from our car because that's what we were told. Right. And so there's all these little like te- almost telephone game like details mm-hmm. that have been added to it that kind of add to the urban legend feel of it. Yes. Even though it is verifiably a thing, like yeah. it exists, um, which I think is so fun. And I think it, that that makes for is. like 
for really lively folklore that especially when it expands beyond just the community that the thing takes place in. Mm -hmm. I think it's just super fun and it's its own. I feel like this is a very unique instance that we're talking about. We can talk about the haunted houses and the spook lights and the UFO sightings and all of those are great and fun. But I think this one is so fascinating because literally thousands of people have seen it. Right. Like for real. And tried to debunk it. it. Yeah. Which is yeah. wild. So I I love this story. Yeah. So I'd be really curious to go, maybe maybe when I watch the Unsolved Mysteries, it might jog my memory for a couple of things of visuals mm-hmm. that, that maybe I'm skipping through because it like, it's a very strange phenomena to experience, but the whole experience of like, you drive to this really seemingly ordinary place. It's mm-hmm. not made up. It's It's not like a, like not made up, like not as an imaginary, but it's not like done up. Sure. There's sure. not like a bunch of signs. There's not a bunch of like, come see the garden light. Right. Right. It's, it's very so, unspectacular. It's so unspectacular. There might have been one like historic landmark sign or something like mm-hmm. that, that I can't quite remember. Um, but I, I'm not confident that that's there. I might just be making that up in my head right now. There are historic <laughs> landmarks, but I don't think that there are any, Right for there. the garden light necessarily. Yeah. Okay. Then that's probably something that I am, am imagining, but it's interesting because, you know, every other big, um, phenomena, people want to make money off of it. <laughs> so right. like they do this whole thing to make it this spectacular thing and there's lines and there's exchange of, of, of cash and whatever. Mm-hmm. And this is, it's so interesting that it's so unspectacular. And then when, you're there. You're like, oh, I can't believe I'm seeing this. I can't this. believe that this is what I'm seeing. Right. Yeah. Right. Which now that now that you mention it with the orb flowing through you, I do think that was part of the reason why some people were so freaked out because they didn't want it to get close. They didn't to want them. to get you right. Um, I don't. I couldn't say that specifically about any one person, but I vaguely remember that being part of the fear. Like we're close enough. Let's just go back. Now we've seen it. Bye, right. guys. Right. That would be me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, cool. We've seen the light. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so since its very first sightings, locals have treated the Gurdon light with a sense of wonder and appreciation. It's become a town-wide pastime for the teenagers to get together after dark, make the eerie hike through the woods along the tracks until they too get to witness the light floating around before disappearing. Since it has grown in public interest, plenty of people have gone to Gurdon from all over the place with the sole intention of seeing the light, and most of them have. One eyewitness wrote on Roadside America, quote, the town of Garden, Arkansas has a mystery light, which was profiled a few years ago on Unsolved Mysteries. If you go to the railroad tracks on the outskirts of town at night, then walk about three quarters of a mile down to where there is a slight slope of the tracks and wait, a ball of yellowish light will almost always appear hovering over the tracks. The light seems to be about the size of a basketball and around 50 yards away. If you walk toward it, the light will recede away from you or disappear, sometimes reappearing behind you. I myself have seen it, and believe me when I tell you that this is not a hoax, a mirage, or reflected light. Something very strange is going on in Gurdon, a great X-Files-style road trip destination, end quote. (laughs) That just gave me goosebumps. That's so crazy. Mm -hmm. I love the verbiage. Yeah. Another tipster on Roadside America wrote, quote, I grew up in Gurdon and have seen the light many times. It tends to appear as a colored spherical light hovering in a ghostly or space alien way in the midair. 
The legend surrounding the light is that the headless railroad man, victim of a revenge murder, hunts for his head with the lantern. The phenomenon transcends the legend, though, as the experience of seeing the Gurdon light is both frequent and unusual, hmm. a natural roadside attraction of the highest order, end quote. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, like, That's... it was a lot of things like that. Yes. I yes. I feel like the common thread through most of the sightings, things that I read through, was excitement. Mm-hmm. People were all over the place before they got there and saw it. Yeah. Some were freaked out on the tracks because their friend was throwing rocks into the woods. And like, <laughs> right, right. It's, it's very dark. Yeah. It's, it's super, super dark. Super dark. Mm-hmm. It's not lit at all. And so people are, you know, scaring each mm-hmm. other. It's scary by itself because it's weird to walk in the woods alone at night if you don't do that all the time. Right. Or you get people that are like having a great time, like hooting and hollering as they're walking down the track. And then everybody, as they see the light, get this almost un, like indefinable excitement Mm -hmm. a very unique kind of excitement like i am witnessing something at this moment you know which i really really love so if you want to see the light it's unfortunately not visible from the interstate or from any nearby roads and so you have to sort of hike in order to get to the location where the light is most often seen it's advised that you pull into Gurdon via highway 53 until you see the tracks You then turn right onto a dirt path to the west, and there will be a small parking area where you can leave your car. Yes. Yes. (laughs) You will then follow the tracks walking west past four trestles. Frequent visitors of the light advise that there are areas along the tracks where boards are rotted out and that the Mm. walk is rocky, and it can be several miles before you see it. So just to kind of keep that in mind. So dress accordingly, bring a flashlight and a headlamp or Mm -hmm. something like that and be prepared that you might have to wait for a while. So if you go to the correct area along the tracks, it's also been advised to set up like a little makeshift camp because you might have to wait for a little while before the light appears. But if you stick it out, you'll probably see it. So if you happen to go to see the light, please tell us about it or send us any pictures or videos that you take. We'd love to see them and to share them on our social media. And that is what I have for you today. Yes. Also, to add, if uh, any of my former classmates or those who maybe attend there now or whatever have stories about it, I would just love to be affirmed Mm -hmm. (laughs) of like, yes, Kevin, I was there with you or... Uh, maybe I wasn't there with you, but I've, I've I've been there recently, whatever it is. Right. Um, just because that's always fun for me to think about. Like I, there's, there's a handful of people in my mind that I'm like, I'm going to send this podcast episode directly to them to be like, do you remember this? And just see what they say. Right. <laughs> Cause it's so interesting to me. Right. But it is, this is a really fun one. This is such a fun one. And it just is, is such a good throwback for me personally. Mm-hmm. Which Good. isn't a great reason to do a podcast episode, but it is when the episode itself is already about something truly fascinating. And that is our last episode before Spooky Time arrives. And Spooky Time episode one will be our 100th episode. Look at that. Look at that. Next episode is our 100th unofficial episode because it's combinations of of patreon exclusives and true general true public episodes but even still that is super exciting yeah make sure to get in on all the spooky stuff uh-huh. it's coming around the pike yes so with that 
Thank you for listening to the unusual, unsettling, and unsavory story today. Make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast on your favorite listening platform. And if you haven't already, please leave a glowing five-star review about this podcast. Those reviews help other people who like these sorts of things to find this podcast. And, you know, our rating, the the higher that it is, the the easier it is for those people to, to have it be recommended to them. Mm-hmm. So don't miss out on that. Also... Make sure that you're following us on social media. We are on Instagram and TikTok at This One Is A Doozy. And on Facebook, This One's A Doozy Podcast. Also, if you want to connect with us even more directly, you can connect with us over on Patreon. My love, why don't you tell them a little bit about Patreon? Yeah, so you can follow the link in our Instagram bio or our Facebook about section, or you can go to patreon.com slash doozypod. And for $5 a month, you can support our show. Supporters on Patreon get access to all of our content ad-free, as well as two monthly exclusive episodes Mm -hmm. that you can only get on Patreon. That's right. As well as all this spooky season bonus stuff coming up. So if you want to get in on that, head on over to Patreon. Yes. And with that, we will see you next week for some spooky season doozies. Yeah. Bye. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.